0: Thank you, Lord. Hey, you may take your seats this morning. Apparently, the electronic um, FPOS machine has decided that it's not Resurrection Sunday. It's a Resurrection. It's a Good Friday still for it. It's not working, okay? So if for anybody who just went over there and it's disappointingly not working, you can just um, grab details and um, grab one of those forms at the back and fill it out manually. Is that cool? I apologize about that. And the two people who know the password um, aren't here because I don't. <laughs> anyway, hey, I want to read a passage of Scripture. In actual fact, I don't want to read it. I I just thought I'd get Steve to come and read it because uh, he's got such a good voice. And uh, Steve, would you come and read this wonderful Mark 16. Could we turn there in our Bibles this morning? It will be up on the screen, but please use your own device. Mark 16, 1 to 8.
1: Awesome. Man, we have a good worship team. So blessed, so blessed. Okay, is everyone there? Hands if you're not there, hands up if you're not there yet, and I'll wait. Okay. (laughs) Cool. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after the sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, Who will roll the stone away for the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him? But go tell the disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid.
0: Thanks, Steve. Brilliant. That's, a, that's just one of the accounts, of course. We have four accounts of the, the, uh, the, of the resurrection, death and resurrection of Jesus. Um, while I'm remembering, we just have an opportunity for all our children today to grab a worksheet on on what I'll be sharing, so you can go right now. I suppose a child, anybody under 12, is welcome to go and grab a sheet from my wife and beautiful wife and my daughter back there. And um, you can fill in all the gaps. And if you get all the gaps, kids, the truth is, is to get a chocolate afterwards. So, parents, if you want a chocolate, i tell you what I'll do I'll get you to buy one. <laughs> oh, that's cruel, isn't it? But grab a sheet. There you go, Lydia, just in case you'd like one. So, while that's happening, I hope that Easter weekend has been a brilliant weekend for you. I hope that you've had the privilege of being family and friends and connection, encouragement. My prayer would be that the message of Easter would be still paramount in your ha- heart and, and not just lost in the busyness of life and chocolate. Who's, who's, opened, uh, who's had Easter eggs this morning? Look at that, none of it. Oh, a couple of us. I ate mine yesterday. I thought, oh, can't wait till Sunday. <laughs> so it was very nice. It was a cherry ripe Easter egg, Cadbury's. And I was preparing my message before I knew it, you know, you just get so engrossed in your message. Before you know, it. it's gone. How did that happen? You know, eating, eating. It must have been the anointing, I think, and upon me just come upon me to eat the Easter Easter eggs. How are we going? We're doing well. Okay, the kids are off and running. You know, we uh, this passage of scripture. Um, It talks about Christ was crucified. And I would have to say, you know, in this world today, we have what we call extremists. We all understand that. It seems to be a fairly regular basis now that people are going around and acting out extreme acts of violence and killing other people. I suppose the leaders of the world, and we call them terrorists, whatever you want to call them today, they're involved in acts of violence or extreme acts of violence because of one or two things, political beliefs or their religious beliefs. Isn't isn't that crazy? They have a religious belief. We have a religious belief this morning, but, you know, uh, it just happens to be that it's not so much religious, but it's personal, isn't it? Personal in Jesus Christ. And, of course, we have men and women who are involved in these groups of people. And and if I was to be honest with you, Jesus' act of violence, not so much an act of violence towards people, of course, but towards his own, allowing his own body to be crucified, was an extreme act. It was an extreme act. And um, the reality is it wasn't an extreme act because of violence. It was an extreme act of love, an extreme act of love. And uh, here lies the difference between maybe extremists and the ext- ext- extremists of Jesus. The difference is that terrorists kill people because of the hatred for others, Jesus was killed because of his love for others. And the difference is where they killed because they wanted other people to suffer, Jesus was killed because he didn't want you and me to suffer. That's the difference. Which is a powerful message, isn't it? Because Jesus' death, of course, is only part of the story today. The rest of the story is, is today and the rest of the story is his resurrection. The rest of the story is that he defeated death. He defeated the grave and he rose again victorious. And, you know, the reality was is that he did it so that um, he overcome what we couldn't. Sin, shame, guilt, all the things, struggle. He overcome those things because we couldn't. He could and we received the benefit. In this passage um, this morning that we see um, where all the disciples are mentioned, you notice that uh, the angel says, Go and tell the disciples. But did you notice who they actually name out of the disciples? It was Peter. They said, you know, go make sure the disciples know. But of course, they say, make sure that Peter knows. And it's interesting that they Have you ever contemplated why? I think you all possibly, if you know Scripture, you'll know why. And if you don't, you'll find out this morning. But, you know, Peter, obviously, there was a need that um, he needed to rise again, didn't he? in that sense. Uh, because Peter was the one who denied Jesus. When Jesus was being tormented um, verbally by the soldiers and physically beaten, Peter saw that. And of course, in the end, he denied Christ because he, his, I, I suppose, self-preservation overcome his passion for Jesus. And he, wanted, he thought that if he got involved, he mightn't be alive as well. Those soldiers weren't Looking to be bargained with. And so Peter was, if there was anybody of all the disciples who needed to, who was alive, that is, <laughs> still, it was Peter who needed to rise again. Very much rise again. And, and I was looking at this um, story this morning, um, we see that the, that the women went to the grave. They were going to show their last respects to Jesus, they wanted to anoint Jesus' body. And we see this angel speaks with the women who went to the empty tomb and it says, tell the disciples. And, you know, that's just part of the story because he says specifically, make sure Peter knows. And you know what? I think very much so God is calling out, calling Peter's name. He's calling out his name. He's saying, come on, Peter, you've got to rise again. You've got to come out of that place where you are. We want you to rise again. And maybe you can relate to that this morning. I think most of us can. If it's not just this morning, it can be through life where we've got to rise again. And you know what Jesus says to all of us today? He says, come on, he's calling your name because there's not a name on the face of the earth that he doesn't call. And said, come on, i got something far better than where you are right now. I want you to rise again. I want you to take what Jesus has done and see it as a metaphor for your life. I want to see, you know what a metaphor is? It's where you take someone else's story it's, it's, a, it's a figure of speech that takes someone else's story. And out of someone else's story, of out of some circumstance, you can understand your circumstance and your story. And so we see out of the life of Peter here and Jesus calling his name, I want to say, could you identify, could you put your place, yourself in the place of Peter this morning, just for a moment, just for the next 20 minutes, 25 minutes, and see that Jesus is calling your name today. And you may say, all of us. All of us have already had our name called and we have committed our life to Christ, if that's the case. But you know what? I'd want to tell you, even as a Christian, you've got to rise sometimes, make a decision to rise every day. To get out of things. And we'll talk about that. But see, the truth is, why was, Peter, why was Peter's name called out? The disciples are mentioned, but Peter specifically, his name is called. And, and you know, had Peter, had Peter was Peter a disciple still? Well, yes. He was a disciple. Was he more special than the other disciples? No, I don't believe so. Maybe Peter, but the truth is, maybe he'd sacked himself as a disciple. Not literally, but in his heart because of the denial of Christ. Maybe he thought, well, my life's not worth it anymore. I've just gone too far. And so Peter was, Peter was certainly engaged with the disciples and the group of disciples still. He was still around them but i would have to say he was a wounded soul and not because others had wounded him but because i think his own self-condemnation and self-demotion he demoted himself i think as a disciple and because of that he was wounded and he was grieving and he was struggling it says that when he denied christ literally quite straight away he went out and wept bitterly wept bitterly because of his what he had done and i think in many ways peter was dead but not dead in his body, but dead in his heart, to the realities of his future as a disciple and having denied Christ and, 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 and denied everything that he'd lived for for the last three years. His, his life had been Christ for three years. Ever since Jesus called him off that, out of that boat that frightful day, when in that boat, and, and, uh, and he says, come and follow me and I'll make you fishers of men." And he walked off that beach and he left the catch of fish behind, the biggest catch of fish he'd caught for a long time. He left it all behind and he followed Jesus. Ever since then, for three around three years, Peter had faithfully followed Christ. And then at the most crucial moment, he'd given it up and denied him. And then he'd given up on himself. And sometimes we acknowledge Christ, so we walk with Christ. But what happens is we don't just deny Christ. Sometimes we give up on ourselves. And I say, today is the time to rise up out of that. Rise up. Where's the dreams that you once had or the purpose that you thought about? Hey, come on, you gotta. And, and sometimes they feel like they're dead, and Christ says, come on, they can rise again. Rise again. So I wanna address this. Do you know the reason that Jesus called Peter's name? Now, you may have can read ahead and you can guess a whole bunch of reasons that Peter would, Jesus would call Peter's name, particularly, or God would call through the angel there at that tombstone that faithful day. But I want to give you some thoughts this morning. Why, did, um, why was Peter's name declared? Why was it called again? Why would your name be called this morning? Here's the reasons. Because the sun will rise. In Mark chapter 2, chapter 6, sorry, chapter 16, verse 2, look at the passage. It says, Early in the morning on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had. Oh, come on. Are you there this morning? When the sun had. What sun is it? In the sky. The sun had risen. I think Mark has put a play on words. Why would he mention the sun had risen? Oh, well, maybe just to let us all know that Mary and Magdalene wasn't walking in the dark to the tomb, but it doesn't really matter. I think he's put it. You know, nothing in Scripture is there for no reason at all. It was an incredible play on words, and you see the connection. As the sun had risen in the sky, my goodness, the sun had already risen from the tomb. And, you know... Have you, have you ever wondered how important the sun is to us here on this earth? Have you ever contemplated the realities of the sun? Because you and I, I take it for granted the sun will rise every day. And it'll go from the east and it'll go to, it'll set in the west. and It'll do a loop around, well, it doesn't really do a loop around the, we do a loop around the sun. Because <laughs> the sun is interesting. Exactly what, hap- what would happen if the sun didn't rise tomorrow morning, church? Have you contemplated those thoughts? Have you? What would happen if the sun suddenly went out? There was no sun; it disappeared. Well, just just for a second, can we just give you a um? Let's do astronomy lesson just for 30 seconds. Is that cool? The sun is a star, and it's at the center of the universe. It's the biggest star. It's a hot star. And the reality is, everything in our solar system revolves around the sun. Even the planets we've never discovered, they revolve around the sun. A long way out, but they revolve around the sun. Everything in the galaxy revolves around the sun. We revolve around the sun. The moon revolves around us. So, you know, it's an incredible thing. The sun is the star and it's the center. And the sun's immense mass draws all the other planets into the solar system towards it. That's what is called gravity, gravity in some sense and so since earth and all the other planets are moving very fast through space it doesn't feel like it but we're traveling pretty quick right now we're pretty fast the sun's presence keeps them moving around itself and if the sun were to suddenly disappear earth and the other planets would retain their forward motion and effectively fly off into outer space in a straight line and for all of those of us who remember we would certainly be lost in space And for those who don't know, there was this television show called Lost in Space. But this, the earth and all the planets would just continue their forward motion directly forward. And if there was no sun, we would just out into the universe. Some of you might like that, but that's a dangerous place to be if there's no sun around. See, for those of us, let, let's, let's make it clear. Let's make it really clear. Peter had continued his forward motion away but away from God. No longer did his life revolve around Jesus... And sometimes in life, even as Christians, we continue our forward motion, but away from God, and our life doesn't revolve around Jesus. Our life revolves around what I was talking about before, sometimes just a religious belief. Oh, God's good. Heaven's right. And that's fantastic. I've got heaven. But you know what, folks, there's a relationship He wants. He wants you life to revolve around Him, not just continue in your own life and say, well, you know, it's good enough. Is near enough. is good enough. No, it's not. God wants you as He's Personal disciple, not someone who just has a far off belief. And we can continue on our way or we can stop our way and we can start to revolve around the sun. And and the benefit and the warmth of that and the light of his word is incredibly life-giving, isn't it? Incredibly. And so we see Peter in many ways had divorced himself from Jesus and said, well, I'm just going to do my own. What What did Peter do? He went back fishing, didn't he? He was still moving forward, but just away from the truth again. The sun may have risen, but not for Peter. The sun had not risen for Peter. He didn't know about Jesus' resurrection. What? Yet. Yet. And Peter understood that the... I'm Sorry, please understand. Just like the sun has, has to rise in the east... Sorry, over that way. Every day of your life, it will continue to rise for the rest of your life. And it is a sure thing. If Jesus Christ will always want you to rise... You know, God is for you and not against you. He wants to bless you and not curse you. He will always want you to rise. He always wants you to know the warmth of his truth and his love for you. He always wants you to sense the the rays of his love. Always will. Don't ever think that God is going to try and destroy you. He doesn't want to destroy you. My sin does that for me Um, enough already. He always wants you to rise. He always has good thoughts about you. Jesus Christ always wants you to overcome your struggle, your addiction, your pain of shame. He always does. And he knows that will happen when you revolve your life around the truth of his word and him himself. And not shoot off into space, into the darkness, because that's a dangerous place. Let me tell you how dark it is. Did you know the sun's rays take eight and a half minutes to hit the face of the earth? So what you're feeling right now from the sun's rays and the light coming in here is eight and a half minutes old. But when the sun disappears, you know what? For eight and a half minutes, you'll enjoy it. And you won't know anything has changed. But eight and a half minutes plus one second, you'll be in total darkness. Within a week, the temperature of the earth's surface will drop below zero degrees Celsius. Within probably two or three months, every piece of you know life form in the sense of plants that uh, will die and every animal who eats those plants will die and unfortunately every person who eats animals or has to maintain some, some kind of food intake will die so maybe within a year every human will be dead that's how much the sun is so important can I just get across to you this morning the reality if we don't have the Sun don't take if you can get a, a kind of a light bulb moment about the sun rising in the east and setting in the west like I think mark wanted to illustrate here you'll get it you can have that's an incredible thing because the the rising of the Sun brings life to us every day and if You don't have it, you die. If you can have that light bulb moment this morning, you can have then a light bulb moment about the rising of Jesus Christ. If we don't have the rising of Jesus Christ, I tell you what, you die, Peter needed to see he didn't know just yet he was still in his Friday and Saturday and early Sunday morning but he there was there was a rising that was coming Christ had already risen because he rose Peter Peter was going to find out that he could rise again because up to that moment folks he was as dead as a doornail he wasn't going anywhere and as far as probably Peter was concerned maybe what Judas had done and killed himself was an option that Peter was thinking about but the reality was, he, someone found him and said, Peter, Jesus has risen. And Peter thought, is it possible? Is there a glimpse of hope for my future? And today, would you, just, would you have that moment of saying, there is a hope and a future because of Christ? It's, if he rises, I live. If he doesn't rise, we're all dead. In actual fact, if Christ never rose, we're wasting our time right now. So let's pack up, go home and just live the way we want to live. But no, he did. So we got purpose. We have a purpose. How reassuring is it? There's a verse in the Bible, Romans 8, 11. It says, the Spirit of God, Jeff um, quoted it this morning, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead, this is the New Living Translation, lives in you. Talking about us and me and you. It lives. It lives in you. We have circumstances that want to take us in a downward spiral, don't we? We have situations maybe on a daily basis, attitudes, things we do wrong, addictions, stuff, rubbish that happens in our life. And you know what? Those addictions and those pain and that shame and that regret and that remorse can take us on a downward spiral, away from the sun, out into blackness. But I'm glad that there was a Christ that rose that says, I don't want to take you, even as a Christian, in a downward spiral. I want you to have a, an upward spiral. I want you to enjoy the warmth of my truth, the warmth of my love for you, and the mercy and grace that I want to pour out upon you. And, you know, um, that's what that verse is saying. The God, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead now can bring you up as well. and lives in you. Why? What was the reason that Jesus called Peter's name? Because the sun had risen. Every time we see the sun rise, could you just reflect on that in the light of what's just been shared in Mark chapter 16, that it means life for us? Here's the second thought. Do you know the reason that Jesus called Peter's name, "Too far is never too far." Too far is never too far." I am so glad. That when I continued to live my life before I knew Christ and I continued to do all my stupid things as a teenager and and, and the fact that I was a Christian, I was a believer and I still mucked up and I still did things wrong because I went through my teenage years as a Christian and, and I, not that I 'd done terrible terrible things, but you know I just kind of lived for myself for a little while and thought I was still a christian and the reality i 'm just so glad that too far was never too far i 'm just glad that there was mercy and grace for me you 're here this morning because your life is never too far away to receive. There's a psalm. Psalm 139 verse 7. Where can I go from your presence, the psalmist says. Or where can I hide from your presence? Or where can I flee from your presence? The answer is nowhere. How about we take this one off. And I just realized I got this thing on my ear. Hello, 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 hello. Unfortunately, there was one of the disciples who thought there is a limit to God's mercy and grace and love. There was one, and his name I've already mentioned was um, Judas the Scariot. But do you remember he was the one who, who betrayed Jesus? And unfortunately, he's dead now in this, this story. Judas committed suicide after Jesus, because Judas was betrayed him for 40 pieces of silver and then of course he finds that they murder Jesus on a cross, Jesus is dead and And in his remorse, he thinks, my life is over. And I think Judas, in his heart, had had thought, well, I've cancelled my life out now. I've gone too far. There's no love for me. I've reached God's limit. I can't go any further. God could never forgive me or love me or Jesus would never do that. He thought it was no good. And and unfortunately, he thought that. And as he thought that, he he, he killed himself and there was no future for him. That was a sad day. But you know what? I believe even if Judas, Judas had hung on like Peter... He, there would have been a rising again. Even though Judas continually, over the three years, he was the treasurer of the little group of 12 disciples. Continually, he put his hand in the bag, so to speak, and he was pinching money. He continually done that. I think there was a rising for Judas, but unfortunately, he didn't do that. It just shows us God gives all of us a free will to make our decisions, doesn't it? If Peter, helped, Why would Peter rise and yet Judas die? Well, two men, similar situations, And yet one decided his life had finished. There was a limit to God's love. And the other decided, well, maybe there isn't. I said on Good Friday that God's love is limitless. And we would maybe think there's a limit to God's love because, you know, you and I live in a society where there's a limit to love, isn't there? People love us sometimes conditionally. People love you conditionally. I'll love you if maybe your marriage or your relationship with good friends is the a, is a best example of a, a love of people. Hopefully, as Christians, we'll love each other despite our problems and struggles. Might, we mightn't agree with each other. We can love each other, isn't it right? Hopefully, we can have that. But God had that. There was no limit to his love. There was a, there, there was a man in the Old Testament, and I mentioned on Friday, called um, David of all it said in scripture that David was the apple of God's eye I mean he was the it cho- was he was one of God's chosen men to become king of Israel and yet David you know was involved in murder and he was and before that adultery and far out you think God could you and David for a while must have thought can God love me through this and yet in Psalms we see the whole story recorded as Nathan the prophet came to David and said you are the man that you've and David instantly repeat uh, repented I want to tell you the repentance is a powerful thing because it draws you near to God. It's not something that's a bad word. Sometimes people don't speak about repentance and sin. Oh, that's, don't talk about that. Folks, I'm going to talk about it. Sin, sin, sin. We've all done it. But repentance is a love story, not a hate story. Repentance draws us to Christ. Repent and come to him because he loves you so much. There were two men in Old Testament times, Saul and David. They were both kings of Israel. Saul didn't do as it didn't, was nowhere near involved in the rubbish that David was involved in. And yet we see Saul has a downward spiral away from the sun. And, 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 and not Saul, yeah, Saul. I was getting Saul and Paul in the New Testament, you know. Sometimes you just got to remember where, where you are. So, Saul the king, downward spiral away from the sun, ultimately and yet didn't do nowhere near as much as David, and yet he didn't find forgiveness. You know why? He didn't ask. David done far worse than Saul, and yet as a king, he repented, and he drew his upward spiral towards the sun. Is God's love limitless? No, it's not. I mean, David didn't find it. Now, come to New Testament, there was a guy called Saul. He hated Christians. You know the story in Acts. And yet he was murdering threats against Christians, putting them in jail and even having them murdered. And of course we see that Jesus one day meets him on the road to Damascus. And challenges him and says, you know, you're doing the wrong thing. And he instantly comes to, in that sense, he comes to God and his name is changed to Paul. Saul must have thought, you know, I've killed Christians. I've been involved in murdering and now I've become one. But maybe is God's love limit? Is there a limit to how much God can love me? Apparently not. God loved him and embraced him anyway. And then we have Peter this morning who denied Christ. Who lied about Christ? Who lied about his relationship with him? You know, and we see that Jesus embraces him, and Peter rises again. I mean, Peter didn't know that the sun would rise, but at least he hung on till he found out. And there's a verse in the Bible in John eleven twenty five, and I'll read it from the Message Bible. You don't have to wait for the end. I am right now, Jesus says. I am the resurrection and the life, and the one who believes in me, even though he or she dies, will what? live it's like we're on a big rubber band some of us stretch it a long way away from God but you know what you've got to come back death will only break the rubber band just make sure that you're on the way back at least before you die you got the message we might, we're not going to be perfect. In actual fact, I'll never be perfect. You'll never be perfect, but the rubber band will stretch. And I'm just so thankful. Is there any limit to God's love? No, there's not. Apparently not. So for us this morning, there can be times when we maybe have thought, I've just pushed the envelope too far. I've done one too many wrongs. Uh, I'm unforgivable. Do you know who's thinking that? Just you. Because God always extends His hand, and then maybe there's a time when you thought I've blown it too many times, too many failings. Never, I'll never be able to fulfil it. I want you to tell you the only person who tells you that is the devil, because it's not God. Here's the third thing this morning. Not only did God call Jesus, sorry, called Peter's name because too far is never too far, and the sun had risen. Is the third thing and the last thing, because going back is never a good option. <laughs> going back is never a good... Hear it from the Word of God this morning. Philippians uh, 3.13, one thing I do, one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Paul said, there's going to be anything that I do, this is the one thing that I'm going to make sure I do do. And that is, I'm going to reach forward. I'm not going to go back. I'm not going to go back to the, the, the old life. So, see, after Jesus dies, Peter goes back to what he knows best. He goes back because to his pre-Jesus days, and his pre-occupation of Jesus days was fishing. And so he goes back to fishing. Um, and there was a certain amount of security in that for him. Goes back to something that's familiar, go back to something that brings an element of peace. Nothing like throwing a line out in the water again and or, you know, throwing a net out, some element of peace. And it's better than what I had before, Peter thought. All this condemnation of myself or what I've done to Christ. I'll just go back fishing. That's my future. I'll just go back to what I had before and that's fine. But you know what? There's really no peace when you go backwards there may be elements of peace but you know it's really not we can do the same we return to the familiar it provides something of a security a familiar occupation that really takes no great effort go back to that which provides some element of peace even if it's only a temporary place it's better than what we have now but we know that backwards is never the place for us because the familiar and maybe the safe emotional place is where we never have to ask the tricky questions or maybe be asked the tricky questions we can just run away and no one needs to talk to us it's a safe place but a place of no commitment and that's why sometimes church isn't an option because there's a place of no commitment there's places of of not being involved there's a place of of no demands on us it's a place that's really is all of those things but it's second best second best and we can sometimes check out in our hearts if not in our minds we still believe but you know I've found sometimes you can just check out check out in your heart and Or maybe it's your mind, I should say, you check out. In your heart, you know what the truth is. That's what I'm trying to say. In your mind, you just check out from God. Well, I've got things to do. I've got distractions. I've got sport to play. I've got television to watch. I've got internet to get involved and I got all my friends I got 10,000 likes man I am so good who would not like me you know and in and we live our life in that element and I want to say we leave God out of the picture and thus we find that the reality is is that we're going backwards because you got standing still is not an option you're always going backwards or forwards aren't you you're not sure about that God says "I, I I want the best for you so these things, the distractions of life won't take you where I want you to go. I want you to rise again because Peter going back is not where you... And he went back to his fishing and we can go back to our fishing. And we think, well, this is this is okay. But we need to know that those actions, while they may be wrong, can leave you dead again. Leave you dead dead forever. I mean, we don't need that or we don't want it. And thus we see the reason for Jesus' resurrection this morning. It's, it's, it, he came to take us out of the past and into our future. And even as Christians, we can just sometimes just allow a little bit of you know, downward spiral for a season. I want to encourage you if you sense that today. Hey, God's just egging you on. He's encouraging. He's leaning over heaven and saying, come on, just turn around and look back up because I want you to rise. I want you to rise out of that. It doesn't do you any good. I love you too much to leave you there. Come on. You may feel comfortable, you know, but when you don't have to change your character, it's always comfortable. When you don't have to give up that addiction, it's always comfortable. (laughs) You know, when you can just live and you don't have to face that person, it's always comfortable. But I want you to come and rise again. Oh yeah, it's going to be painful, but you know what, you're going to live and not die. Peter, I'm calling your name. Are you listening, Peter? It's Saturday, but I'm alive. I'm going to live again. (laughs) That which is unforgivable becomes forgivable. His mercy, His grace. He rose, we could rise. We're human. He's divine. But we can rise because it says the same spirit that lives in Christ lives in us. (laughs) And the angel said, hey, tell Peter, not because he's different to other disciples, but he needs to hear it because he denied me. And he needs to hear clearly that the man he denied is calling his name. And I'm not going to hold it against him if he'll come and face me again. Come back. Realize that too far is never too far and the sun has risen again today on you peter come on jesus is calling your name this morning he's calling he's calling because he wants to, you to hear it clearly for a reason for a reason can the musicians come please but keep on focusing on what i want to say is that cool Jesus is calling your name. Why is he calling your name this morning? This is why he's calling your name. Because the sun will rise. Amen? In other words, if the son of Jesus Christ risen, we have life, opportunity to rise again. You've got to make a choice, but we can rise again. Number two, because... Far Too far is never too far. There's no limit to his grace and mercy and his love for you. And thirdly, going back is never a good option because it just takes you on a downward spiral that one day it could end in hell and he doesn't want that. He wants it to end in heaven, in an upward spiral. So, the, so this morning on Resurrection Sunday, his rising gives us a hope because the resurrection is is a wonderful metaphor. And as I said before, a metaphor is a figure of speech that says the telling of one's story helps you understand something about your story. Your story this morning. The story of Peter, the denier of Jesus Christ, who rose out of his struggle, helps us understand that life is all about getting up off the canvas this morning. Some of us need to hear that. And getting up every day and rising up to take your purpose and calling to live for him again. Every day sometimes that needs to happen. Every day. We've got to get up and say, he rose, I'm going to rise as well. Not physically out of your bed, but in your heart I'm going to rise again. And our story is that we have all risen at some time in our lives. Our story is that we've all had to rise out of the sin or the bad attitudes or the regret or the addiction or the shame or something and believe and say, if Christ rose for me, I can rise as well. Will you take up the challenge? He wants to commission you in his army this morning. Can we stand? Father today as we come into this place we thank you that you rose we thank you that we have a sun in the sky to remind us we thank you that we have a limitless amount of love available to us and we thank you that we've walked away but you say it's not too far Father that is so good to know this morning this morning in church I want you to respond And the way I love you to respond is by raising your hand. And behind your hand is your heart. And it's really simple. It's just saying, God, I acknowledge that I want to rise. And and, and maybe you identify today with something in your life. You're a precious person this morning. Do you know there's not one person here who's not equal in God's sight today? There's not one... God. And you say, oh, yeah, that's easy to say. No, it's the truth. God doesn't look at us and say, oh, one better than the other, one better than, you know. No, he sees us equally. He says, you know what? I love you. I couldn't love you any more than I do. And I couldn't love you any less Less than I love you. And he says, would you, you know, he wants you to respond to him, not to me, not to this church. And your response would be because of this. He's saying, I identify with his word this morning that I just need to rise in that area. You might be a Christian. That's fine. But you're just saying this morning behind your hand is, I just need to rise out of that this morning. That's stuff that I don't need. I need to rise this morning out of that struggle. Maybe out of that self-condemnation, you need to just rise this morning. Maybe out of that fear, you need to rise this morning. Maybe out of that um, pain of the past, you need to rise. Maybe out of that pain of what people have done to you, you just need to rise and say, God, I forgive them. I forgive. If You can forgive me. God, I can forgive them. Uh, maybe this morning, you need to rise out of that which you just so want to get rid of, but it hasn't been possible. Today, I believe for miracle in people's lives so right now before we sing I just, I'd just i love to just pray for you if you're just saying yeah I want to rise out of that I just want you to raise your hand come on be bold think about it say so, yep I want to be open submissive r- responsive to you Holy Spirit okay people all across that's good Father let's pray it's not, it's not just a moment a flippant moment it's a holy moment Holy Spirit you do what my prayer can't Your presence do what I can't because my heart is for your people, but your heart is so much more for your people because you love them and you want us to live for you. So, Father, right now you see every hand and behind every hand is a heart and I'm believing their hearts are just open and, Father, I ask you help them to rise. Rise out of those things that want to be addictive. Those rise out of that pain of the past, that, that con- that, those self-condemnation, that things have demoted themselves. People, I pray that they'll rise again, Father God. And today will be the start of the turning around and looking up again today towards the sun. Father, in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, do what I can't. Do what you can today. You can do amazing things. And I'm believing by faith right now, inject an element of faith in each heart this morning in this place. Father, that we will not just celebrate your resurrection, but we'll celebrate ours as well. Father, because you've given us life today. Father, people will forgive today. Right now, I believe it. People are forgiving those that have so wrongly done things to them. That people would be just finding that the struggle would disappear in the name of Jesus Christ. Not disappear that it isn't there, but disappear in their hearts and consuming their minds. The pain of what happened to them, their abuse, would go in the name of Jesus. Father, the addictions would just be broken in the name of Jesus Christ today. Holy Spirit, by your power that lives in us. Thank you, Lord. We pray. Praise you this morning, and we ask it, Holy Spirit, do it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Come on, let's just start to thank Him right now, Father. I believe by faith. I thank you this morning. I thank you for your strength. I thank you for your help. I thank you for your presence. I just thank you, Lord. You are good all the time. You are good all the time. We thank you, Lord. We need you today. In the name of Jesus. Okay, come on. Let's just worship for the team leads us. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Let's just remain in that sense. God, you're doing something good here as we worship you.
1: If you now to wash oh, our feet, feet. Now, now at his feet, feet.
0: Brilliant. Brilliant. Go with, Go that, with message that message in your, in heart. your heart. You know, you know tomorrow, tomorrow morning, morning, get up, get, get, up, out, get out, out of out bed of say, King say, Jesus King is alive, alive again, again today. today. On, On Tuesday, Tuesday morning, 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 get up out of bed and say, say, He's alive again today. <laughs> Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, every day. Amen. Because your problem has to bow to that statement. Amen. Make it. You're welcome to stay for morning tea. Great to have you in church. No service tonight, please. Next Sunday night will be back to normal services. All the children come and see my wonderful wife and daughter